Welcome to Prosecco and Pros, the epilogue. This week's jello shot is the fruited Prosecco jelly shot, and I'm so glad it's the last <laughs> one. Oh, me too. Oh my gosh, it's been fun, and I'm jellied out. Yes. I'm ready for some like Prosecco, real Prosecco. And not in a jello shot. Oh, definitely not in a jello shot. <laughs> But they haven't all been awful, and we'll get to that. But first, for today, we have a fruited Prosecco jelly shot from the Jelly Shot Test Kitchen. We got a few recipes from them this season. And those were pretty good, too. So this one should be good. And yet, there's so much potential for it not to be good with Jell-O. <laughs> Wendy, you need to look at the bright side. I mean, just look at it. It's got Prosecco, sugar, Unflavored gelatin, peach schnapps, blueberries, and strawberries. We added raspberries and a dollop of fresh whipped creme. That's probably the best part. (laughs) The original (laughs) recipe is two layers with the blueberries and strawberries, but we had some raspberries and decided to make it three layers. And of course, I had to add a garnish. So that's the creme fraiche. Fancy. (laughs) I mean, looking at it, it's quite festive. Yeah. It would be perfect for like a... Fourth of July, you know, festivity, maybe yeah. party. I think they would. Mm-hmm. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Labor yeah. Day. Just to give you guys a visual, the jello is clear. So we've got a layer with raspberries, then a layer with blueberries, then the layer with strawberries, and a dollop of whipping cream on top. Um, it's also meant to be made in a bun pan, but we had tall shot glasses, so we made individual servings. You know, it's a bit more work putting the fruit in the glasses for each layer and then waiting for the jello to set in between those layers. But I think the final product, you know, it looks it looks good. It worked well. I think it looks very nice. All right. Let's get it over with. Let's try our final, thank goodness, oh, jello shot. Okay. This little dessert bowl is quite heavy. It is heavy. It's like thud dunker. I smell strawberries. Is that what you smell? They're right on yes, top. So Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, I'm going to make sure I get some whipped cream. Oh, it's got that jello texture. I'm going to try to dig down in here for some blueberries. Mm. Um, hmm. It's not terrible. It's not giving me a gag factor. I mean, I'm tired of the jello too. I love I'm, it, but I'm yeah. just tired of it. Um, it's not bad. I taste the fruit. Yeah, I taste the fruit. The fruit is good. We definitely need to have some fruit in every spoonful. Yeah, you definitely need to, because otherwise it's really bland. Yes. It's very bland. You can't, maybe we should have used up the peach snops or something. Maybe. Added a bit more. Maybe. Well, I guess it's not too bad one to go out on. We'll wait till bit. it warms up a bit. Yeah. Now, we always like to wrap up our season with some faves and flops, so let's get to them. We read a lot of short stories this season. A lot. But we got all of them from just two books. We went easy on you guys this season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the first one was First Fiction, an anthology of the first published stories by famous writers. And then the second one was The Best American Short Stories of the Century, and it was edited by John Updike, one of our authors. Yep. Um, So if you're a lover of short stories, I highly recommend these books. They're so cheap, too, because we got them at a thrift. Right. Now, we only covered 10 from each book, and there's stories from Margaret Atwood, Truman Capote, Alice Walker, Richard Wright, E.B. White, Laurie Moore, and loads more. 
So I agree. I definitely recommend. Now we, as Amy said, we both got ours from used bookstores and online. So yes. check there if you're interested. Yes. But we the all, dollar we paid for one. I know. Yeah, so. I know. So basically under $5 for each of them. Yep. Now we also have a picture of these books on our Instagram. So you can see what they look like if that might help. Yeah. Um, and they were, I mean, just... Like we said, super inexpensive. They were. I, I could not believe it. I thought, oh, we're going to get away with not spending very much this, this season. And Josh, he says... Give me a break. <laughs> I know you too. <laughs> then we made jello shots. <laughs> okay. I want to start out a recap by finding out if you had a favorite author overall this season. Can I say all of them? Well, no, but I mean, I, I feel that way too. <laughs> there had to be like one, maybe two that came out there are on the couple, top, right? Yeah. There are a couple I think of immediately. Tennessee Williams, I loved both of his shorts, The Vengeance of Nitocris and The Resemblance Between a Violin Case and a Coffin. Those both were a couple of my favorites. You know I love mythology, mm -hmm. so you know the Nitocris one had that. So good. And then the story um, in The Violin Case and the Coffin one, this snapshot of a memory, I just loved how that story was told. It, it was really real. Yes, it was. It was really was. real. Now what about you? Were you able to pick just one? I agree with you. I mean, it's so hard to pick a favorite author this time because all of them are like the best of the best, even in the second book. Exactly, they are. And now I know even better why. Yeah. Now, you know, I always love Fitzgerald, always love Hemingway. Yep. But I'm going with a new favorite and uh, maybe like a runner-up this Ooh, time. Ooh, and we can have runners-up? Well... You're always adding the season. I One know. sixer, two sixer. I like to think of it as not limiting myself. Okay. And who said you couldn't have a runner-up? I mean... They do it in everything, every <laughs> contest. But anyway, my top for the season was Ms. Dorothy Parker. Her stories were such a pretty little picture... And here we are. I think I was drawn to Parker because I just love, love, love a satirical writer. I mean, she was just so full of wit and wisecracks. I thought I was talking to my twin. <laughs> I was surprised <laughs> to learn how many familiar sayings came from her. So was I. So yeah. was I. I did not know half of those were. I know. That's I knew the, the fun sayings, of research. And I didn't know it was yeah. her, yeah. My runner-up was Raymond Carver, and his stories were Furious Seasons and where I'm calling from. He was one of my top authors oh, as well. So good. I've never read anything by him. And you know, his life was just way too short. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine the work he might have put out? I mean, he was only 50 and had finally gotten sober. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was drawn um, into him because he like wrote about ordinary people with ordinary problems and some more extraordinary problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I know I struggled a bit with his first one, uh, The Furious Seasons, um, it, you know, the past as the present and the present as the passing. But once you figured it out, it, it was easier to read. But I felt like I was on the porch at Frank Martin's drying out facility in the second book, just watching and listening. So good. <laughs> Just eavesdropping. You know, I, <laughs> yes. I, I actually read um, uh, Cathedral. Oh. I just read it recently. Excellent, excellent story. It's considered his best work. Highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely read more of him. So he's the first one that I've actually picked up in addition to what we read for the season. But yeah, you're out there eavesdropping. Right. But basically the point is Raymond Carver is able to put you in his story and it's really good especially for the reader. I agree. What about your top three stories? 
Well, this was a little difficult because like I said, these authors were the best of the best and I just love so many of the stories. But third place was a toss up for me with like five other stories (laughs) or maybe 20 other stories or 19 other stories. (laughs) But I'm going to go with Greenleaf. Oh, (laughs) I shouldn't even be surprised. By Flannery (laughs) O'Connor. I mean, who can't love, love, love a story about a horny bull who ends up killing the woman he wants to visit in the bedroom. Such a great story. How did I just know that that one was going to make your list? I don't know if it was the scrolls you sent me about it. (laughs) I just knew. And I don't think that's what the bull wanted. Oh, yes, he did. That's how I read it. You just didn't read between the lines, Wendy. I guess not. (laughs) Um, Flannery O'Connor's imagery, I mean, it was just great. It was just really good. And her writing had uh, like an exquisiteness to it. It did. That's actually the perfect word. Yes. Yeah. All the Southern Gothic style in it, all the hypocrisy. Oh, it's just so good. And the humor. (laughs) I mean, there was so much humor. There really was. We also talked about that her writing often had themes of religion in it. And they did. Mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to be sitting all proper in church in like a pantsuit, like with a coordinating hat and reading my story I've hidden in the pages of my Bible during the sermon. Why can I picture that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> if I laughed and all those, you know, in the pews around me turned in scorn, I just have to tell him to pay attention to the preacher, <laughs> pay attention to the sermon. He's talking about you. Oh my gosh. And I would. I you would. would. You would. I would. I think what sold me on this story was the irony. I mean, the bull wanted Mrs. May. Mrs. May wanted to get rid of the bull. He couldn't have her, so he got rid of her. And it was it was gory. It was violent. Mrs. May was, she was just a miserable person. So really, the bull relieved us all from our misery. Okay, that was a lot. I know, but you know, I'm long-winded, and I just, I want to show, not tell. You, you want... <laughs> And I'm using my hands and my body. and You are. Now, I could have also tied my third place with about five <laughs> other stories. But I'm going to go with In Our Time by Ernest Hemingway. What? I mean, I love Hemingway. And no disrespect to his greatness. But that one really disappointed me. I know. I mean, I think I was expecting and wanted a whole story. And I, I just didn't get it. All those little vignettes. Maybe I just had expectations I shouldn't have had. Maybe. And that's okay. I mean, you come to a story, you think, yeah, you're going to get something. Um, I liked the conciseness of the vignettes. I liked how he was able to write a story with so few words. It's kind of like he was the original um, flash fiction writer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, Those little paragraphs were packed. I mean, they were loaded with information. They were. Without being packed with words. Yes. Um, So I found it impressive. Um, What took the number two spot for you? Well, um, I'm going to go with Where I'm Calling From by Raymond Carver. (laughs) You loved that one. I think this was the first time I ever, ever felt guilty drinking Prosecco while reading a story. So, I mean, you know it was good writing. I just had to put my Prosecco down, like in honor of these people sitting on the porch of Frank Martin's drying out facility. I guess so. I mean, come on. It's about a bunch of dudes at this drying out facility. I mean, I was thinking, show some respect, Amy. These guys are at Frank Martin's. So I had to set my glass down. But I love anyone 
who can write from experience. It's a connector. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing missing for me in his writing or in this writing specifically is the dialogue. I mean, and you know how I love dialogue. I wasn't aware. I know. I must <laughs> say, he just tells the story so well through the use of his imagery that I can't believe I'm saying this. You just don't need the dialogue. What? I know. I know. That's a big admission for you. He kind of allowed me to use what intelligence I have <laughs> and understand the story for what it is, you know? I mean, it was so good that I put my Prosecco down. No one else has ever made me do that. Great story. Which one was your number two? I'm going to go with The Vengeance of Nitocris by Tennessee Williams. Good one. Uh, I just love mythology. And Williams was only 16 years old when he wrote it. Mm -hmm. Like you and I discussed that. Yes. Because we've had writers, right, yeah. in our class. I know it was basically a retelling. But still, yes. I mean, the details he pulled in, I was impressed. I loved his version of the story. Again, his details and imagery, it just really made it came alive. I mean, it's the metaphorical stuff inside. And if you want to know about some of that dirty stuff, you got to listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this little mythological gem of a story has got me thinking that I'd like to head back to some of my college anthologies, believe it or not. I always recommend that. But mm. so... Drum roll. Which... Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> oh, it, I'm not sure that's a drum roll, but yeah. my tongue <laughs> it's is too much jello. <laughs> I do. I've got a mouthful of sticky. So, which story took your top spot for the season? Well, obviously, I said Dorothy Parker was one of my favorites. So, I went with Here We Are. I mean, this, oh, the story just sat with me. You did love that one. I know. I mean, I think I said during the episode that I felt like I was sitting across the aisle on the train watching all the events unfold. All the, you know, like he said, she said. I mean, you saw the metaphorical train wreck happening. You did. You <laughs> did. You were like, stop talking. I just wanted to lean over and say, hey, y'all, don't worry so much. Just get the first night over with and then you'll be just fine. Maybe. Don't fight. Talk it out. They're trying. That's what I would say. But, but that's what came to you? It did. Okay. It really did. I mean, you know in the end they won't. So they won't fight. They won't talk it out. Oh, no. let me know. So as a reader, I mean, we just have to grab our popcorn and watch this show. So what was your favorite in the season? Furious Seasons by Raymond Carver. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know you struggled a little with that All the one. hard ones. I'm a mystery thriller lover, and that story just had those elements. Along with some pretty disturbing elements. Well, yes, but thrillers are often disturbing. But the way the story was told, like you mentioned, the past was the present, the present was the past. It made the story so disorientating to read, which was how the protagonist felt. Oh, it was just so good. I really, really liked Carver style. I, I love Carver style, actually. How lucky were we to get to read and talk about all these stories? Let's talk about other stars of the season, the Jello shots. <laughs> You're calling those the stars of the season? <laughs> I must have been out of my mind when I suggested that. Exactly. Seriously. You suggested it. Maybe, I mean, maybe you had had just a really bad bottle of Prosecco and that thought came to your mind. <laughs> How could we use it? Clearly. But we did it. We got through 12 Jello shots. And you have to admit, we had so much fun. We didn't even have to involve Rafina or Joshi this time. We didn't. But I always have fun with you, so I don't have to admit anything. So you must have had at least a few favorites. We did make a few edible ones. They a were few. all edible. We 
Well, just some more than others. <laughs> but think of your top three and give us your third favorite. Okay. Number three for me was the Prosecco jelly shot with the pomegranate bursting boba from the Joyce Carol Oates episode, especially the boba part. And it wasn't too jello-y and it had whipped cream. What about you? Well, this was hard for me because, I mean, I did like several of them. I did not, I did just like some of them, but <laughs> my number three was the French 75 with gin from William Faulkner's episode. This one was, oh, it was just so good. And it just screamed class. I don't really think of class and screaming as things that belong together. Excuse me. You were an elementary school teacher, girl. I stand corrected. (laughs) (laughs) I stand corrected, yes. (laughs) Anyway, the fact that it had gin in it means I can serve it at a fancy party and not be looked at like a wilderbilly. If that's all it The takes. Wilderbilly of the Neighborhood. <laughs> um, coming in at number two for me was the Peach Bellini Jello Shot from the Tennessee Williams episode. I love, love peach, like anything peach. And that one smelled and tasted like a fresh peach, remember? Yes, oh. from the gas station candy. <laughs> yes, I like that gas station candy. It was my snack on my flight home. Oh, good, good. <laughs> now, number two for me was the Raspberry Prosecco Tulip from our prologue. I, I I know this one wasn't one of your favorite. Very few were, I know. <laughs> but I loved the flavor and the look was so. I mean, it was just like simple fancy. It was really pretty. It sounds like something Dorothy Parker would say. Oh. Simple fancy. Yeah, it does. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that I now have an expensive bottle of raspberry liqueur on my shelf makes me want to make it again. Maybe serve these on the pool deck. You don't have to use that expensive raspberry liqueur in a jello shot. You can just put a splash of it in a glass of Prosecco and make a Chambord Royale. Much more tasty and still fancy and easier. Hmm. Sometimes easy for me doesn't cut it. Which jello shot was your favorite? I'm going to say the 78 jelly shot from the Raymond Carver episode. He just came out on top for me all season. Mm. Um, and that kind of surprised me. I was just going to say. Because I'm remember, surprised. I do not like grapefruit juice, um, but it also had St. Germain liqueur and elderflower liqueur. And wow, like I remember tasting that thinking, this is genuinely good. Good enough that even with the jello texture, I'd have it again. Like truly I would. So which was your favorite? Well, I really knew you liked that one um, when you didn't want to share it. Yeah, I actually was eating it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would come out as your top though. But my favorite was the Prosecco jelly shot with pomegranate bursting boba, uh, Joyce Carol Oates episode. I just I just loved the look of this one. And it while it was a few steps, you kind I mean, you just kind of had to be careful so you didn't pop the boba. It's like popping a cherry. Don't pop the boba. <laughs> I mean, it was really, it was, the same, it was really easy to prepare too. It just took some time. Yeah. And the look of it was just so festive. Oh, so it would pretty. be so perfect for like a Christmas party. I think it would. Like holos- any holiday yeah. party like that around the yeah. Thanksgiving or Hanukkah yeah. or any of them. Um, I actually have it on my list for this year. I just hope I can find my list at Christmas. You should put it in your planner like I do. You should put it in your planner like I do. (laughs) Wendy, I have so many planners. I've just got to spend some time going through them and seeing which ones I can burn. But I'd forget which one I put it in, you know? (laughs) You guys, if you could see the stacks of planners I have, I see one. I'm like, oh, this might help me be a better planner. (laughs) And it's pretty. (laughs) How about you write it in your planner and just remind me Christmas? 
I will. I mean, I write everything else down. Great. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> can you also research and see if they have a place down here in the Sarasota area where I can just buy the boba and not have to order it online? And now you're pushing it, Lamarca. That's Chloe Lamarca to you. <laughs> I can't believe you remember. I could not forget. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, if anyone's here in the Southwest Florida area and knows where I can find some boba, please let me know. I'll be ever so grateful. <laughs> now, I don't think we can leave without telling what our least favorite shot was. Well, that's easy. Especially since it was so awfully memorable for the both of us. <laughs> it was the naturally green Prosecco jelly <laughs> shot oh. from the Flannery O'Connor episode. I bet you that bull would like it. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> taste like grass. No reflection on Ms. O'Connor. No, none at all. None. I have nothing nice to say about this green, hairy monster of a shot. It was so gross. It was. Ugh. The only way this thing needs to be served is like as a takeaway from a party for detox purposes. Ugh. It was so awful. I don't even really have the words to say just how bad. Oh, you have the words. We just try to stay away from those words on the podcast. We do. We've been known to have a clean oh. podcast. <laughs> I just got a shudder thinking about it. Least fun, least fave. But you know, we didn't make it correctly the first time. We should have left out the wheatgrass juice? No. Well, yeah, probably. But remember how it never set up? Yes, it was like thick, stagnant swamp water. I think that's why I got sick. <laughs> because nothing set up in me body. The, the jello. Because we only, guys, we only used one gelatin packet for the entire recipe, and we should have used four. I think it needed so much more than the right amount of gelatin to help that toxic waste dump of a jello shot. Maybe it needed less, like less wheatgrass juice. Maybe, but I wanted to be sure we weren't the reason they turned out so poorly. I just, I just had to be sure. So I made them correctly. I just, I just made a quarter recipe because we're not going to share these with anyone. Unless well, we have enemies. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> but I think some people might like them though, because they're like super healthy. I mean, they smell healthy. Yeah. Ugh. They smell like farm. But I did make them correctly, so I'm going to share with you, and here's yours. Are you serious? Did you leave out the wheatgrass? No. No. I followed the recipe exactly, something we didn't do the first time. We thought we did, but you know, P&P makes mistakes, and sometimes we just have to own those mistakes. Well, they still look disgusting. And look at the top. Even the sprinkles are melting because it's a toxic waste site. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Come on. One bite to see if it was us or the recipe. I mean, we know it was us because it didn't set up. <laughs> but let's see if it tastes better this time. Not that bad. Have you smelled it? Let's because see. I have. It does not smell improved. No, it still it smells like wheatgrass. Okay. Let's... Just one quick bite, please, pretty please, with a little whipped I cream you were my on friend. top. So we can know for sure. Ready? Three, two, go. Okay. Oh. Mm. Oh. This is not approved. Mm -mm. Swallow. Swallow. Do not, do not make a mess in the studio. Mm. Yep. It's truly awful. It's so gross. It's not us. My suggestion. Oh. My suggestion is to read Flannery O'Connor and skip the Jello shot. 
I'd eat grass. <laughs> grass you is would. better than that. You would. 100% agree. <laughs> Let's wash our brains of that and finish up with the prettiest jello shot. Oh. Can you even think straight right now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we were both in agreement on this one. First off, we were both in agreement on the oh, last I need one some too. Water. Ugh. Need more than water. The prosecco jelly shot with bursting boba is definitely the prettiest one. Ugh. What'd you say? I was rinsing my mouth out. Uh, you didn't let me. Um, the prosecco jelly shot with bursting boba. You know, oh, had the bobas. Yeah, and the jello that one and the was whiff. so pretty. That was my favorite one. Anyway, I even had to dig out my Christmas beads for our Instagram reel to make it prettier. You know, those bursting bobas around my neck. Such a classic look and so easy to make. It was pretty. Even though there were a few steps. I mean, it was so easy, though. It was easy. I mean, it just takes long, but it's not difficult. Right. And, well, I don't think we can wrap up the season without a huge shout out to Dr. Jennifer Conyard Black from the Great Courses series on short Mm -hmm. stories, right? Yeah. Thank you, Amy, for sharing that when you found it because the nerd in me was happily back in class. We gained so much more knowledge on how to look at American short stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd love to take more of her courses in the future. I'll link her website and info in our show notes. I'd definitely take more of her classes. It was fantastic. Any final thoughts before we give our Sixers for the season? Well, I mean, just that we've had so much fun with this season of shorts and shots. And if you guys liked it, or even if you didn't, we'd love to hear it as well. Please rate and review us on Apple or wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much. And tell us if you would have eaten the green jello shot. (laughs) So our Sixers for the season, we've been summing up every story this season in six words. We got the idea from a lesson Dr. Conyard Black did on the six word short story. And I thought it'd be fun to try to do a summary of each of our short stories in just six words. Which Amy totally excelled at. You evolved just like our authors. Well, thank you. I appreciate that because it wasn't easy. But we thought it'd be fun to try to sum up the season in six words. Which you had no problem with, and I had a bit of a struggle. You just used up all your creative for the stories, and then I sprung this on you. This morning. (laughs) (laughs) You probably already had yours written. Yeah. Look at you. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But let's hear yours, because you were only about five minutes behind after I suggested it. True. Okay. My sixer for the season is... Short story season success, novel ready. I'm so ready to start reading novels again. A summary and a teaser? I mean, what can I say? You're just so good at this. No. It's good that you know that I know that you know that you know. I know. (laughs) Now tell us yours. I'm ready to put a wrap on this season. Okay. Sublime short stories, sick of jello. Me too. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for joining us for this season of Shorts and Shots. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. It's free. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If it's still there. Right, if it's still there. Because you don't want to miss out on any of our fun. Look for our new season to debut later this summer. And as always, pop, pop a cork, cork and read. read. Do you want to cheer the green one or the... This episode's one. Uh, This episode's one. I'm not ever touching that green one again. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.